gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to show the whole world why I was the unscripted, uncensored, loose cannon of commentary. I'm back, baby. Broadcasting from Manchester in the United Kingdom, this is The Aaron Meta Show. I had no idea uh, Rocket Man was on a suicide mission. <laughs> this is the Aaron Meta Show. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. It's facebook.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show. Twitter is at Aaron Meta Show. Uh, Tumblr is aaronmeta.tumblr.com. And you're on YouTube and also on iTunes, Player FM, Stitcher, and wherever you happen to be listening to us. Joining me on the show is, uh, is uh, Patricia from the Old School Lane podcast. Hello, everyone. Hey, how's it going? Uh, doing pretty good, thank you. I just uh, been hanging in there, doing um, a lot of cool stuff. I'm uh, going to be releasing a podcast today with my friend, author Kasim Games. He's going to be um, promoting his new book called "The Dark Crystal: The Ultimate Visual History," discussing about the um, the Jim Henson movie "Dark Crystal," and yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to be posting that today. And um, I got some cool announcements uh, that I'm going to be sharing in the next couple of days. So, yeah. Um, everything's been going good. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to say, The Dark Crystal was... Uh, wasn't that supposed to be Jim Henson's like first kind of like epic kind of like film, wasn't it? Yes, so. it was. It was. Uh, it, it came out a few years before Labyrinth. And this was supposed to be the case in which Jim Henson wanted to create um, a world that had a lot of lore. It was about these two creatures who were fighting against one another. They were, um, and then you have, you know, one set of creatures who wants to have peace. And yeah, uh, apparently, from what I remember, the movie didn't do so well. It was like mm. really overly ambitious. But now it was nowadays, it has a really strong cult following. Needs more David Bowie, if you ask me, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was Labyrinth. Yeah, and uh, maybe some Elton John probably would have helped as well. But uh, yeah, who, who am I? Who am I to judge? I'm not a film. I'm not a yeah, film sure, guy. But I mean, they're getting a Netflix uh, prequel series. So oh wow, Crystal is. Yeah, I know it's crazy. I remember when I first heard that, I I, I couldn't believe it. It's like um, you, you know, you, it's funny, Arun, because in this day and age, we um we have a show or a movie 
that we we watched, but not a lot of people know about. But mm. it's thanks to the advent of the internet and word of mouth that we can be able to have cult fan bases grow and then eventually they become a lot more mainstream and then stuff like this happens i mean the same thing happened with the jungle movie uh i want to give a special shout out to a podcast i listened to a couple of days ago um let me see if i can look it up Uh, okay it's called i think you'll be into it uh it's a podcast where they uh, these two um awesome guests uh these two co-hosts by the name of um beth scorzazo and Brendan Beck. Yeah, they, they, had, they had Jazz Sam's on the show, didn't they? Huh? They had Jazz Sam's on the show. That's right. They had Jazz Sam's on the show, and she was talking about Hey Arnold, and she was going in depth about why Hey Arnold was such an amazing show, and then she was getting into the depths of the the fan community, like the first generation and second generations of the fan community that wanted to see the Jungle movie. She was talking about the first generation, which were the people who were in message boards, like, um, let's see, there was, uh, let's see, there was Geraldfield.com, there was HeyArnold.madcap.com, you know, like, you know, people like Kim Burke and Mega Wacky Max who would be running those things, and yeah. how they had petitions, and they wanted to have the Jungle movie ever since Nickelodeon canceled it, and then there was a second wave in which it started with Operation Ruthless and Hey Arnold Save the Jungle movie. Yeah, because a lot and, of these guys, they were here if it's there since the beginning, you know, it's like, you know, we're going back to like the really old message boards back, you know, where when, you know, we had dial-up connections, and, you know, I only really, i got to be honest, I only really found out, uh, like I said, you know, in our casual chats, I only found out about the, about the journal in like 2009. It's like you know when uh, when when everything was said and done, you know when the, I had Parents' Day, and then uh, I never I never saw the journal, and uh, I just thought, well, you know, I think we can just assume that whatever happened happened, and uh, you know we kind of left it at that. And then when I saw the ju- when I, when I finally saw the journal, I was so pissed off. Yeah, <laughs> when I finally saw it. Well, uh, what's an amazing thing was they actually briefly talked about my video the history of Harold the jungle movie they said there's this really dedicated fan who did a 40 minute documentary about it if you're interested go check it out just type in hey arnold documentary it's like oh wow that's that's really awesome well, thank yeah you. i thought she was gonna name drop you one but i thought yeah oh, you, there, was this, there was patricia from the old school lane podcast i was waiting for her to name drop you but she didn't so it's like you know no, that's so. okay i mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like it's like those videos in which like oh you know i watched this really cool video and it, it just the context i mean i guess that as for my name it, it didn't really matter to be quite yeah. honest just as long as she watched it that that really meant a lot to me yeah and so uh, well at least at least she at least she acknowledged you in some way and uh, she she mentioned me i think at some point i can't i can't remember yeah, what, where yeah, about I think, it was yeah she did i think it was like during the discussion of um you know when the second generation wave of hey arnold fans came in with operation ruthless and save the jungle movie in which craig bartlett was being backed uh, with doing interviews again, so I think, she, yeah, I think she did mention that. Yeah, rather you know, the one thing I did take contention with, and uh, maybe I might talk about it when we find. I'm actually asking her to get her, get her on the show at some point, so maybe I might, uh, I might talk about her, some of the things that she said. So, uh, but uh, hey, that should that should be pretty fun if we do get her on the eventually get her on the show. So uh, maybe she might turn up for the fan day. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll we'll see. Anyway, yeah, just to uh, just to yeah, remind so you, definitely, uh, uh, yeah, right before we discuss about it. So yeah, uh, once again, if you're interested in listening to that podcast. Uh, go to iTunes, uh, type in the episode, uh, the, the podcast is called, I think you'd be into it. So yeah, uh, definitely take a listen to it. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping they're going to do more Nickelodeon stuff soon. So like, you know, I, I want to hear them. Like, they talk about like Rocco. I think they have talked about Rocco's modern life in the past, the thing that happened. Uh, I think they've, uh, I don't know if they've said anything else about it in some of the other old school cartoon shows. 
which I think definitely do deserve a mission. And definitely, you know, people might be into it. So, uh, you know, I definitely hope that's going to come up soon. But so, yeah. Um, just to give everyone a shout out quickly, uh, we're going to be talking about the, uh, I want to talk about the Hey Arnold uh, Never Lose Hope Tour, the unofficial uh, Never Lose Hope Tour that we're going to have going. Uh, we're going to be in London on the 28th and, sorry, 27th and 28th at MCM Comic Con. So if you got yourself priority tickets for that, definitely uh, come check us out. We're going to be at the, uh, no, up front of the Novotel uh, on the kind of the west side of the convention center. So definitely check us out there. And also, if you happen to be in Manchester or the surrounding area, you want to go to Stockport County Football Club for the, uh, uh, the Stockport Unleashed event that's gonna we're gonna be doing a hey Arnold fan meetup there as well uh, so on Sunday at 12 we might meet up on the street next to it and maybe we might get something to eat later on so uh, maybe we'll probably do something like that if you're interested and also uh, the we finish it off on the 18th of November which is gonna be the uh, hey Arnold uh, fan meetup at uh, MCM Birmingham so that'll be the last leg of it and that'll be the week before the jungle movie comes out so uh, that should be a pretty exciting uh, get together if you happen to uh, turn up for that so uh, those are the dates there as well and uh, just to also let people know people keep asking me like, uh, are you still taking questions for Great Ballad? Look, the uh, the deadline has passed. So uh, that's the uh, we've uh, the deadline's passed now. So the only thing I can really say to you is uh, wait until October the seventh when we uh, finally have the Hey Arnold anniversary show with Craig Bartlett, and uh, he'll answer the questions there. And hopefully, if you don't get a chance to put a question in, hopefully one of the questions that uh, he's got is uh, definitely he's definitely going to answer for it. So uh, if you uh, so we're going to talk about all sorts of things in that show. So you definitely want to check that out as well. And uh, also, uh, I want to check out uh, Patricia's uh, old school lane uh, Twitter feed because uh, you know. It makes you before that, you've got uh, uh, a um, an, an interview coming up with uh, Mark Risley. So yes, uh, yeah, you want- Mark Risley was a director. He was a producer of a lot of classy Chupo Nicktoons back in the day. He uh, was a director for uh, Rugrats and Rocket Power and the Wild Thornberries, and um, of course, as told by Ginger, he was the one who directed at least half of the series and a good majority of the TV movies. So we're going to be having him as a guest. Uh, We'll be interviewing him in a few hours. Um, So if anybody uh, follows me on Twitter, and if you want to ask a question to Mark, then please go visit uh, whereinbetween.freeforums.net and leave your question in. Uh, We will be uh, interviewing him tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you are interested in asking Mark a question regarding about like his work being as a, a director for Klasky Chupo, then please, by all means, go ahead and leave it. Yeah, that's really cool. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, actually. So, hey, if I, if I got a chance to put in oh, a yeah, question. We're really excited because um, not only will, be, will we – words. Not <laughs> only will we be interviewing him, but he's going to be joining us for an episode recap. Like every once in a while we have, um, you know – special guests come in who have worked on the show and they discuss the episode alongside with Casey and Ashley and myself. So Mark is going to be discussing about the episode and she was gone, which is a huge fan favorite for us told by ginger. (laughs) And uh, it's one of the best episodes in the entire series. In my opinion, it's number three on my list. It's, it is an absolute masterpiece. Oh, wow. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, and he has so many stories behind the scenes about, um, you know, the episode, and it's going to be so much fun. If 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 you are interested in checking it out, uh, where in between, if you're new to Azul by Ginger, then, you know, definitely, you know, uh, marathon through the show and then listen to our podcast. It, it's it'll definitely be a nice, uh, you know, double layer of 
just getting to know more about the show and especially with this one um this is actually the very first episode of us told by ginger that casey and ashley watched after many years of now watching the show and they pretty much said i remember when i first listened to this they said i had forgotten just how amazing this show is and and she was gone is amazing I, i'm serious like if you can take away anything from me with watching as told by ginger the two episodes that i highly recommend you check out are hello stranger and and she was gone so yeah, yeah I'm tell you what that we're gonna be we're gonna be checking out a clip soon which uh, kind of took me by surprise really when i first saw it so uh, we're definitely oh, gonna... oh yes please you have to show <laughs> when ginger is writing the poem it is absolutely beautiful it is my opinion the best animated segment that Klasky Chupo ever did for us yeah. well, a lot it, of people complain about how ugly the animation is but in here it makes so much sense yeah. it won't be it won't be that clip that we're going to be showing today I think we're going to be showing something a bit different but uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and also I just want to mention, mention as well who's the uh, really awesomely talented guy who did your new Twitter cover I wonder like uh, you know, he's, oh. <laughs> he, he, he's he's really yes, awesome I at his work. Who. So yes, I want to. Yeah. Give a thank you. You know, this um, guy for... is so awesome. Like when he walks down the street, all the women swoon and faint at his uh, <laughs> great awesome looks. I wonder who he could be. I know, I know, right? But, <laughs> no, seriously, thank you so much for the new cover. Uh, you know, he uh, Arun did the new old school lane um, logo, and he tweaked it up a bit so i really do appreciate it yeah i guess the next thing i want to you know update is the um the youtube uh cover but i'll i'll um, well we'll probably get to that another time but yeah in the meantime i wanted to definitely give old school lane a new look mm-hmm. and you know showcase that um you know well we're, we're stepping into um you know new stuff coming even though that it's been a pretty slow year but yeah i just wanted to give a fresh coat of paint for everything so yeah thanks a lot yeah oh it's been slow for a re- for a good reason it's been slow so at least you can say we this is the thing about 2016 it's been such an eventful year hasn't it it's like you know it's only september and we're kind of talking about it now like it's almost that it's almost over like yeah you know, 2017 has been a pretty um, eventful year, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's there's been a lot of amazing stuff, and there's been a lot of bad stuff. So speaking of which, I I guess we could actually talk about the the, the podcast because we have a lot of you know stuff to cover. I know that we've been rambling. Um, oh yeah, we definitely with a bunch of other stuff. I just but... realized we've taken all like 15 minutes of the show, so uh, I think we need to I know, I know. we need to get going. So uh, all right then. So That's okay, uh, I mean. Let's start off with our first video, and uh, so uh, let me just see if this is, uh, let me see if this is going to play for, unlike the last show, so let's, uh, let's have a look. Inflammatory threats from North Korea are not unusual, but it is rare for the leader Kim Jong-un to issue a statement himself. It was read out on state television along with a photo. Jesus, this is, I look at this guy, right? And, uh, sorry, the first thing I have to... I know this is a guy who's, like, holding very dangerous weapons, but look at the way he dresses. And the wow. way... Yeah, it's just, like, the way and he... look at his hair, too. I mean, he had uh, just, like, um, a very interesting, like, flat, square hairstyle. He doesn't look... No, it's just, it looks silly. It really does. And I, and I know it's gonna, people are going to be like, oh, well, that's the culture in North Korea or something like that, but it's like, you know, come on. Like you know, I've seen people in walking around in North Korea with sensible hairstyles, unlike mm-hmm. you know this guy who like it looks like I'm trying to think what what it look. It looks like he he's trying to. It looks like he wants to basically balance something on his head, 
Like, you know, maybe he's like, he wants to carry things around and he says, hmm, I wonder if I can get a haircut where I can balance stuff on my head whilst carrying stuff around. It's like, you know, it's just, it's, uh, he just looks ridiculous with it, man. Just, you know, we're supposed to, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm more afraid of probably what he's currently blowing up more than what he's, you know, what he, what he, you know, if this guy ran at me with like a sword or something like that, it's like, oh, okay, then it's like, you know, not that intimidated. ...of the leader responding to Donald Trump's speech to the U.S. Sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought so. <laughs> ...in which he threatened to totally destroy the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, or DPRK, Kim called the U.S. president's behavior mentally deranged. Well, you can talk. Isn't, isn't, this, <laughs> isn't this just the classic example of the pot calling the kettle black? Yeah, hello, pedal. Uh, hello, kettle. I'm pot. Exactly. I, I know. It's just a, and to be, to be fair, we we ravage on Trump a lot on this show, but at least we can say that Donald Trump has yet to cause a fa a famine that and that murdered millions of people. Uh, it's still early. Um. Well, I like to think that Donald Trump wouldn't do that. It's like uh, so. At least we can say you know one is at least you know, worse than the other. I remember um, my aunt was sharing a video with me yesterday and it was uh, I don't I, I forgot what site it was from but it was a, supposedly like a train like a train that was carrying thousands of military tanks and trucks oh yeah so I have a feeling that Donald Trump really wants to start a war in North Korea. I wonder if it's even Donald Trump. I wonder if it's people being behind the scenes saying, you know, uh, keep this in mind. He's replaced pretty much most of his cat people around him. And he's replaced them with people who, you know, are very pro-interventionalists. You know, there were people like who supported like the war in Iraq and Afghanistan and like Libya and things like that. You know, some like the, uh, the worst parts of foreign policy. So it wouldn't surprise me if we end up... Uh, you know, if these round of people are like saying, you know, uh, you could attack Iran and replace that whole government there with something, you know, which will eventually be even worse. And, you know, that North Korean dictator, yeah, he'll flatten Seoul and kill millions of Koreans, but, you know, they're not our people, are they? So, you know, what, you know, uh oh, SpaghettiOs. You know, she's like, I, he's, he's surrounded by those people and it, it, it's scary. It really is, you know? Yeah, said, I think I even remember a friend of mine uh, he was tweeting saying, with George W. Bush, the most he made me was angry. With Donald Trump, the most he made me was frightful. That's the that, that's yeah that, that's terrible, isn't it? It's like at least with I mean no no with uh, with Donald Trump, I mean you know yes he acts authoritarian, but at the same time we can still at least have the ability to criticize him for doing that. Like you know this whole NFL thing that's kicked off you know recently you know oh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. to speak, and uh, so and everyone's got their eyes right now in because uh, the NFL's here in the UK, and so everyone's got their eyes on the touchline rather than on the uh, on the on the on the on the gridiron because uh, they're wondering how the uh, players are going to react. When the national anthem starts playing, so uh, yeah. You. And how many tweets has he made so far about the fact that Puerto Rico is one hundred percent without power? Yeah, it's just stupid, isn't it? Now that Trump has denied the existence of and insulted me and my country in front of the eyes of the world, and made the most ferocious declaration of war in history that he would destroy the DPRK, we will consider with seriousness exercising of a corresponding highest level of hardline countermeasure in history. So basically, just do what you normally do. Mm. Uh, North Korea makes these threats all the time. It's like, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it, it's just empty at this stage.
It's like, you know, I, I know they're, like, threatening to, like, you know, blow up a nuclear weapon in the Pacific Ocean and stuff, but, uh, you know, it, until, you, until you see it happen, it's like, you know, you kind of wonder what, how, how, how far they're going. And it, it makes me wonder as well, you know, again, I think Donald Trump is pretty stupid by doing this, but isn't he kind of calling Kim Jong-un's bluff a little bit? By doing this? I guess so, but at least we've been seeing throughout the news that North Korea is testing their nuclear missiles. I mean, we even saw one that was, like, almost close to Japan. Mm. Yeah, well, they launched one. They launched two over Japan at the moment. One, one, one came so close that they had to launch air raid sirens to get people in, indoors. You know, in case right, any, so any frames... Yeah, at, it, at it is stupidly dangerous. doing something, you know? Yeah, but uh, it's just... Uh, I, I don't know. It's, um, it, it's, it's interesting, though, because yeah, apparently, according to some people um, who analysed the Korean situation, you know, Kim Il-sung and apparently Kim Jong-un, uh, Kim Jong-il, you know, his father and grandfather before him, have had insults flown at them by politicians, but they've never really responded to them. And it's interesting that he's decided to respond. It's just, you know, because, uh, yeah, because uh, people like uh, saying that he's pretty, he looks pretty weak when he's on grasp of power. And I'm wondering if he is just making these, sta- making these statements just because he's so afraid of being, being drawn out. You know, because uh, about, you know, I remember watching uh, hidden footage of like North Koreans, like, you know, saying that he's far too young to be leader of the country. Mm. So it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder, on top of that, I mean, I don't want to promote war. At all, I think war is 100% unacceptable. I think because a lot of people are going to die for no good reason whatsoever, and it's going to be a man-made catastrophe if it happens. But uh, you know, it would make me wonder what would happen if the U.S. actually invaded the country, and um, you know, would they actually have the ability to launch capable launch a uh, a missile into the air without it being shot out of the sky first? And then uh, when the when the military actually comes in, you know, if you remember what happened in Iraq. Uh, a lot of the soldiers who were fighting for Saddam just put just put their weapons down, put their hands in the air, and waved white flags, and just waved the Americans through. And that's how they, that's how so quickly. That's why they were so able to so quickly get hold of Baghdad and you know do what they did. And uh, it makes me wonder if uh, the same would happen here if if it did happen. You know, I don't know. Uh, you know, a lot of these North Koreans, they're into like uh, South Korean, do- you know, uh, soap operas and stuff. So they, so, you know, I would say a good, I would say a certain size of the population must have an idea of what the outside world looks like now, compared to like uh, when they had total control over information. Right. Mm. Makes me wonder. As to what that countermeasure might be, his foreign minister in New York had this suggestion. I think it could be a hydrogen bomb test on the ground of an unprecedented scale in the Pacific Ocean. There hasn't been an underwater or atmospheric nuclear test in decades. They are banned under several treaties considered just too dangerous for people and the environment. There was immediate condemnation from the two countries in the region, likely to be most at risk from a North Korean attack, Japan and... I love how in these old school, like, 1940s uh, uh, um, films, you know, they like they play like a band, like, in the background to, like, show how devastating something is. It's like, do you really need an, a whole band to play how devastating this is when you're watching it in front of you? It's ambiance. Uh, no way. You, it, look, it's like if, if this was done today, all you would need is the images and the explosion and nothing else. You know. <laughs> South Korea. North Korea's remarks and behavior are provocative to regional and international security, and they are absolutely unacceptable. Do you think they have like templates of this now? 
Like, you know, it's like every time North Korea makes a, uh, you know, a very threatening statement, it's just, it's like, okay, let's get out the draw. Let's find out which one we're going to yeah, write today. Yeah, let's pull up our drawers. Let's, let's see if we can do plan Z. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's like, uh, okay, well, uh, we disagree with what happens here. It's kind of a total condemnation. It's like, you know, they have them like all color-coded to see how, how, how severe it should be. <laughs> oh, dear. North Korea should immediately stop its reckless... What's the point of the reunification ministry now? Uh, it must be the most. Uh, it must be. It's a. To, it must be a total waste of money at this stage, seeing how far how far of a wedge Donald Trump's uh, driving the two Koreas apart at the moment. Like you know. It's just, uh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, make it more apart. Why don't you? I guess, but you know, it's just it's. Uh, I guess I guess it's there for you know. I guess for uh, you know symbolic reasons. I guess now. Because you know, it's like these guys, these country, these country parts of this peninsula have been apart for like 60, 70 years. It's just, you know, it's uh, they're, they're, they're two, two, two totally different parts of the world now. At this point, I sometimes wonder yeah, about well, yeah. I sometimes wonder that's all. It's provocations that will lead itself to isolation and collapse. But Kim Jong Un says Trump's remarks convinced him that he chose the correct path and must continue to follow it. South Korea's President Moon Jae-in used his speech to the UN to repeat that his country does not desire the collapse of North Korea and to insist that there will not be war again on the Korean peninsula. He says the situation must be stably managed so that tensions will not become overly intensified and so that accidental military clashes do not destroy peace. Well, good luck with that with Donald Trump in the White House. Uh, yeah. Uh, all, yeah, that would be the day, wouldn't it be? All the best, but uh, you know, I just think it's uh, this is going to be, uh, yeah, it's just it's becoming more and more of a shit show by the day. And also on top of that, people saying it's like kindergarten talk. It's like you know, I, I last I don't remember the last time I, I was uh, listening to kindergarten talking about you know annihilating each other with nuclear weapons. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm more powerful than you are. No, I am. Mm. I got this gun. No, I got this missile. Yeah, I'm gonna just, take you down. Yeah. Eh. So awful, isn't it? And it, is, it makes me wonder if you know we'd probably be better off with like five-year-olds, you know, uh, running our running our countries. Because at least might uh, as well. I mean, they used to do that back in the day, in which you know we had pharaohs and we had various kings in certain countries that yeah. took the reign at five years old. It's just depending on you know who their um, advisors were. We might as well be having that now. Well, not much has changed. Okay, then uh, let's play the next video. Joining me now, 2017 People's Choice Award. Oh, this is fun. You know, Jimmy Kimmel got uh, criticized for uh, apparently people don't want to take him too seriously on Fox News and that he shouldn't be talking about politics uh, because uh, he opposed the health care bill. That, that, really, that really makes me angry about that, oh, because they're celebrities, they don't have a right to say what they feel about politics. I've been seeing that a lot lately with um, content creators. Yeah. I think, um, I think I saw a tweet the other day of um, Peanut Butter Gamer, who's a YouTube um, uh, content creator who plays video games. And he was talking about his thoughts about politics. And then there was some guy who said, you have no right to say that. You are an entertainer. You you are put on YouTube to make us laugh. Your opinions mean nothing. Hmm. 
You know, it's like it, but uh, anyway, um, I thought I'd just call out Fox News' hypocrisy on this because they don't seem to have this idea that, you know, liberal Hollywood is uh, not able to have, uh, should keep their mouths shut and shouldn't have any, uh, should keep their opinions to themselves on politics. So uh, why don't we see what Fox News' idea of uh, people who are qualified to talk about politics are? And uh, we got a whole clip show of them all here. So should we play them all and see who's qualified in Fox News' idea of talking about politics? Might as well. Okay. Joining me now, 2017 People's Choice Award nominee, Tim Allen. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> okay, and... Uh, I'm Chuck Norris filling in for Sean Hannity. What? Look, I know Chuck Norris has done a lot of amazing things in his life. He's uh, created whole universes. Uh, he's uh, probably sharpened knives on himself and, uh, you know, done all sorts of amazing things. But uh, filling in for Sean Hannity on a politics show. Actually, yeah, he could actually do that. I'd rather listen to him about talking about politics than Sean fucking Hannity. But uh, I don't know. Ted Nugent, everybody, one of a kind. Ted Nugent. I could not think of anyone less qualified to talk about, you know. He's okay. Let me keep this in mind. He's okay. He's entitled to his opinions. Yeah, sure he is. But, uh, you know, in regards to Fox News saying that he's more qualified to talk about politics than anybody else. No, I don't buy that. Hmm. Fabio, thanks for coming on. Fabio. Fabio. <laughs> Wasn't oh, he on the, only, the front? Okay, so here's the thing. Like, the, you know, this generation, they only know about Fabio for two things. I can't believe it's not butter, and the fact that he was the cover of, of some sword wielding dude from an NES game. Yeah, but, qualified uh, for politics. I got all those sword wielding days are over. If you look at him, it's like, uh, yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I think uh, I think he probably needs probably need like probably assistance to <laughs> help him swing a, 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 a you know a very, very heavy sword. Like you know, I don't you remember those swords and you remember the swords and axes we saw in the last show. Like yes, uh, I don't think yes, I think he's far past right. welding those items. I think huh. at this point, uh, I guess he's settling to uh, wield his uh, words on Fox News. I guess. Thank you, Fabio. You're Again, he's on. He's Wait, been on hey, twice. You know what? I mean, you know, it's it was so nice. Say it twice. Okay. Joining me now, actors and Trump supporters Stephen Baldwin and Scott Bale. Hey, Scott, good to have you back. Neil, what? Who is Scott? Whatever his name is. Scott Bayo, uh, he was uh, Chachi in Happy Days. Okay, then. Welcome back. Uh, he is the legendary, tongue-wagging, larger-than-life leader of the hard rock band Kiss. Gene Simmons is in the house, everybody. <laughs> just got a lot cooler. But to be fair, I, 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 this might be unpopular with some people. I do actually sort of like Gene Simmons a little bit with Kiss. but uh, uh, I've, you know, never, I've never really heard of Kiss too much. I never really heard their music. Really? He's like, you know, uh, rock and roll all night? Party oh, yeah, I don't know day. about that. I'm talking about like the their other songs. Yeah, they didn't actually. He was. Uh, I think his last um, last time I saw him, I think it was on. Fa he was uh, doing the voice for, uh, for the, on Family Guy, but that was years ago. I don't know if he, I don't know if what he's. I, mean, I know he's still touring the country and stuff, but I don't know if he's. Uh, I don't know if he's done anything else since then besides. I mean, that. I, I think I did hear that he was doing like some sort of reality show. And he did a few mm. years ago, and also. Yeah. Um, that he was like the executive producer of a Nicktoons Network cartoon called My Dad the Rockstar. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. So, uh, hmm, okay then. Did you know he is also a serious and successful businessman? And now his famous mouth is doing more than blasting out songs. He's got a lot to say about public policy, from health care to taxes and on and on. The one and only Gene Simmons. Uh, just before we start, I got to tell you, I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. Of, I'm a fan of yours. <laughs> Do you ever notice that uh, Tucker Carlson does kind of like this? 
face every time he's trying to you know listen and he's like just yeah. he sounds really just looks really confused when you when you when he's hearing listen to to his guests so I'm like <laughs> who so he's like oh, i don't know i, I thank embarrass you. myself thank, but thank you. you and former major league baseball all-star johnny damon um johnny damon no no uh no, I've never heard of him. Here now with me live, Kid Rock. Bobby, great to see you. Kid Rock, really? Ah, uh, yes. And, oh, Steven Seagal. Oh, my God. Didn't uh, he, like, flee to Russia and get his Russian citizenship there or something or other? Like, Putin I don't gave know, him? Uh, Steven Seagal. Uh, there would be so many jokes about Steven Seagal. It's like, oh, you know, politics. I mean, you can, like, you can punch him with all these uh, government's um, agendas and he wouldn't feel a thing or whatever. Like, all insert joint. action movie reference, whatever. Yeah. It's me now. Wayne Newton ranks some of the top tier Republican candidates. Wayne Newton? Huh. Uh, I, I don't know. Remember Benghazi? Oh, for God's sakes. Thank you. Remember Benghazi? What do you make of Donald Trump's wall? Well, first of all, it's President Trump. What do you think of the idea of letting Obamacare live for another year or so? Join us now to weigh in, actress and Fox News contributor Stacey Dash. Former cast member. Oh, God, look. Do <laughs> you remember this woman? Uh. This was the woman who, she was on Saturday Night Live, and also she like was like fourth fiddle to like a little Romeo when he had like his show. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Yes. And then she lost uh, her mind, did some Christ exploitation films, and now thinks that Obama is not born in, it was born in Kenya rather than the United States. Yeah, yes, she's, yes, she has uh, really, really, yeah, really uh, come down. It, uh, Vicky Johnson or something? Yeah. And it's a shame, really, because, you know, now that, you know, uh, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the old school Nickelodeon shows are coming back, you know, she could have been part of that. Well, here's the thing. She was in the first season. So if for those who don't know about what Romeo is, so Little Romeo was a hip-hop artist like during the 2000s, and he sung a lot of songs for Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, and Hey Arnold the Movie. Mm -hmm. And his father was a hip-hop artist and producer Master P. He became so popular that he had his own show called Romeo, and it was uh, about him wanting to become a hip-hop artist, and he had his brother and his sister and they had an adopted brother named Lewis who was a white kid and uh, this character that she plays is she plays a babysitter who does not know anything about children she can't cook or clean and she's pretty much oblivious to taking care of kids and yet their father hired her to watch over the kids while he goes off and does his job as being um, a hip-hop artist producer and she so she just played herself yeah, she basically played herself. She does a lot of handstands. <laughs> she does a lot of stupid jokes. She was basically like the best part of the entire show, even though that she was pretty much acting completely stupid. And uh, removed... you get to talking about politics, she's still completely clueless. So it's yeah. like, yeah. No, she no. was removed in the second season because Master P, she, yeah, he had um, had a girlfriend. And then later on in the series, she became part of the family and they had a kid together and all that stuff. And she, there, it, it pretty much was like led up to nothing. She was a bland character who had no personality. Mm. And I mean, at least with her, at least she had personality, even though she acted kind of dumb. But at least it gave the show somewhat of a purpose of being a little bit funny. But yeah. no, Romeo is a very bland show. The only thing that I did kind of like about it was that... 
the white kid, Lewis, uh, he was a foster kid in the first season and that he wanted to feel like he belonged somewhere. And there was an episode in which one of his older foster brothers from a previous home that he used to live in came by to visit and said, hey, you know, I'm in this um, I've been ab- adopted into this home. Uh, why don't you come with me and we can be brothers together? And so. Then he has to make the decision of, do I stay with my family, with Romeo and the the rest of the gang, or do I go with my um, foster brother and I can actually be adopted? Mm. And, and, you know, it's actually interesting because um, Thomas W. Lynch also was part of this show. And for those who don't know who Thomas W. Lynch is, he created Secret World of Alex Mack. He created uh, Journey of Alan Strange and Caitlin's Way. And for anybody who watched um, Alan Strange and Caitlin's Way, it is pretty much the same thing in which it's it, for Alan Strange. It's a reverse in which a black kid or, or an alien in this case is with a white family. But with Romeo, it's a white kid with a black family. And with Caitlin's Way, it's about the fact that Caitlin is with a family that she doesn't really know about. And she's trying to fit in. She's trying to understand about what her place is with this family that she didn't know that existed because she was an orphan. Yeah. So it it could have led up to something so good, but nope, the show had to be about Romeo. Yeah. And this is is the thing as well. It's like, um, she could have like, let's say for example, like, you know, uh, I I don't know why they would do it, but if Nickelodeon decided to bring back the Amanda show and they needed like extras to do sketches again, it's like, you know, they could have brought her in to like say, Oh, you know, uh, do you remember this woman from uh, ages ago? So like you know, it'd be like as a fun little thing, in like in like uh, just doing like a, a sketch, and you know, but she's like she she soiled her reputation so much. It's like you know, it's just it's uh, it's such a shame, really. That you know, she could have come back at some point. Yeah, but, but yeah. She, she exactly. Just, she basically just she's basically shit the bed with her career. Vines interview on YouTube a couple of months ago, and it was just so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live, Victoria Jackson is with. How are you, Jennifer? The Godfather, great, great movie. He was named Detroit's greatest guitar player of all time, also a member of the National Bowhunters Hall of Fame. Dean Kane is here. I, I know so that. I'm here. I'm Mike Rowe, great to see you. Nice to see you. So- Who's Mike Rowe? I don't know. Okay. So, emojis. Kirk Cameron, very good to see you. Great to see you. Thanks for coming and good to see oh, you again. Good. Thank you, Bill. So we asked Dennis Miller from his perch in Santa Barbara up with a few queries of his own on the topic. Legendary game show host Chuck Woolery. So here they are, the Turner people, Juliet and Janine. Actress Julian Davis joins us right now. Thank you so much for joining us. Ted and Shemaine Nugent, thank you so much. I love this whole line of like, you know, I was slammed for being a conservative in, uh, in liberal Hollywood. It's like, you know, I, here's the thing. I don't think Hollywood's that liberal. Uh. I guess it depends on wh- whether you're referring to mainstream Hollywood or indie Hollywood. Because mm. I, I know quite, in my opinion, I think uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of conservatism that goes on down there. I think, and uh, I just think that it's, uh, it, I don't, I don't think it's as liberal as I think everyone thinks it is, and uh, I think it's mm. still somewhat behind with the times in some, in some ways. But you know, I'll go back on about that some, some other point. Much for joining thank us. You. Thank thanks you very much. Uh, John, I want to say thank you for coming and being here today. Um, especially for your courage. You're one of the few... Courage? It's like, you know, they're celebrities. They can walk on any show anytime they want. God's I got sake. nothing. Yeah. Conservatives in Hollywood. What the viewers may not know yet is you have to go underground. It's very rare for somebody to come out. So it's a very brave of you. It's not very underground if you go on Fox fucking news. <laughs> God's sakes. 
I've had enough of these people. Like, and also, top of that as well, I don't know if anyone knows about this, Fox News Channel is no longer being broadcasted in the UK. At oh, all. wow. Yeah. It, it's, it sucks that hard. Only a couple of thousand people watch it, and they don't see a reason to keep it on air. It makes no money. Oh, good for you. Yeah. So, you know, that highest cable rating means fuck all here, as far as, as, far as we go. So, uh, that's, the, uh, that's the end of that. So, uh, let's get into our first... Uh, talking bit which uh, i really wanted to uh, have a discussion over and uh, that is uh, they're changing the uh, comic-con's changing one of their uh, costume policies it's the one in rose city and uh, they said that uh, Com- rose city comic-con has banned all cosplay featuring nazi symbols and designs old school hydra and red school costumes uh, this comes after a group of nazi s gear was spotted at the co- convention in what uh, rose city comic-con founder is has incited as a growing trend uh, he said, uh, I would say that it's uh, more people dressed up in the form of Nazis this year than in conventions than in the country I've ever seen before. Uh, he said, the con issued a statement saying on Thursday, announcing that they were officially changing the costume policy on hateful symbols, quote-unquote, to specifically include Nazi par- paraphernalia, uh, even when the costume is designed to be iconic, I- ironic or an issue of political statements. Uh, it also in- it names the, as banned Old School Hydra and Red Skulls costumes, as, as the original comic book incarnations of uh, both were strongly associated with the Nazis. So, uh, no more Nazis at Comic-Con from the looks of it. Wow. Yeah. Mind I you, mean, I mean, that's... what would you, if you did that for the, for, I mean, I know Nazi atrocities were awful. Don't get, you know, don't get me wrong. It's like, uh, you know, the Holocaust was awful. What the Nazis did was awful. You know, trying to invade my country was awful. You know, everything with regards to the Nazis is awful. But, I mean, couldn't you say the same thing about, like, I don't know, the Soviet Union? And, yeah. like, uh, you know, various... There's not a lot of people banning on, you know, people dressing up as communists like Joseph Stalin. Yeah. And uh, because, and on top of that, if you go, if you're cosplaying as uh, some people from Red Alert Two or Red Alert Three, from like you know the uh, the, um, uh, the the video game series, it's like you know you're, you're going as uh, you you're representing a regime that's responsible for the deaths of millions of people. That is true, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, my my question is, is that look, I I don't I I would you know if you if you dressed up as a Nazi, like I don't know if you saw about that guy who got punched in the face. You know, uh, during the street, and I don't, I don't condone that at all. You know, that's uh, that thing that was going around. But uh, you know, y- y- again, if you're going to come up as, if you're going to dress as a Nazi, you're going to get some really dirty looks, I think, from people, unless they can yeah, actually identify absolutely. you as someone from Captain America. I, mean, or... I, I even remember um, reading an article discussing about like there was this monument that had the Manjin, you know, like the old, like the the Hindu uh, equivalent of the swastika. Yeah. Uh, you know, basically where Hitler got the design from. And they're talking about, like, they have to remove it because it looks too similar to a swastika. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the statement here is, uh, the new policy reads, uh, according to uh, Bleeding Cool, uh, historical costumes can be great, but a reminder of unspeakable atrocities are not appropriate. Uh, this is goes for the old school Hydra and Red Skull or any other Nazis uh, from entertainment properties. Those figures, while comic-related, are still much uh, Nazis. Uh, as a result, they are 100% banned always. Uh, this includes any sort of uh, ironic or satirical costumes that reappropriate Nazi paraphernalia or gear. It also makes me wonder if it's any, if it's a response to uh, you know the uh, whole um, you know, thing that happened in Charlottesville and like uh, just kind of the rise of like white supremacy in uh, yes. in America. It makes me wonder if it's also part of that as well. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, we even talked about this uh, on the podcast before that um, it, you know about feeding the trolls. That mm. we were taught 
um, not to feed the trolls and that the trolls were able to eventually feed themselves and it pretty much grew into like this phenomenon that's for a lot of people they felt that they can't control yeah uh, oh there's a there's a, new, uh, a question here an early version of this article incorrectly used a piece of fan art instead of an actual comic we apologize for this error but uh, you know tell you what you know if you notice that uh, with uh, hey arnold uh, you know that you use that hey arnold thing with all the characters on the porch and mm-hmm. uh, they keep they keep mistaking it, thinking that's its official stuff, but it's not. It's uh, Limey four hundred four true that, and uh, yeah, Huffington Post and like various other ones keep using it for uh, yeah, promoting. I like, oh my god! And then actually ended up in uh, like as part of their um, uh, staging for the you know, remember the, not the Comic Con that came before, but the one after, the one before that, and it's suspiciously yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of looked like as uh, Limey four hundred four's stuff. It's like you know, but uh, yeah. I don't know, it's like, you know, I, I wouldn't go to a Comic-Con dressed as a Nazi, but at the same time, I don't know if I'd ban somebody from, like, you know, uh, going as a character from Captain America. You know, if he was acting inappropriately, obviously, you know, it's like if he was going around, like, you know, say, you know, going to all the Jews and measuring their noses, I think I'd have a bit of a problem with that. But, you know, it's uh, in regards to, uh, you know, them dressing up as that, I don't know. Because once you, once you ban that, I mean, how far do you go? Until you start saying to, every, you know, someone else starts saying, that's offensive, I don't like that, I want that banned. And then you kind of like end up with like no one being able to kind of wear anything because it's, uh, you know, related to something pretty negative, you know. So uh, I don't know. I just uh, I can understand why they're doing it, but uh, you know, I feel a bit uncomfortable with it in a way. But you know, Nazis are awful, so you know, fuck them. Um, should we go back to videos? Yep. yep. Okay, then let's play this next one. Uh, here's the clip I was talking about, and. Uh, you know, as told by Ginger, I would like to say, yes. you know, compared to Rocco's Modern Life and compared to Ren and Stimpy, I would like to think that this Nicktoon, is, is, its world, is a bit more well-constructed and, like, doesn't go out there to, like, you know, uh, do anything, like, massively cartoony. But I had, to pull, <laughs> I had to pull this clip up because it just came out of nowhere when I watched it. So, uh, shall we take, <laughs> let's please keep watching it. Must be hungrier than I realized. Huh? <laughs> Lois, maybe we should lay off the creme caramel, hmm? Jesus! <laughs> okay, there is a reason why this happened. I know, I'm, I'm gonna I'll play the video all the way through so everyone kind of gets the context of this. You know, it's like, I would never think that Us Told by Ginger would actually make an alien reference. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, God. Thank there you. are a lot of references to a lot of movies in Us Told by Ginger, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, this is definitely one of the more stranger ones. There's there's a lot of weird ones. I'll, I'll just tell you that. Yeah. Uh, Patricia, how do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? <laughs> It's 7.15. Wake up. What? 7.15. Time to wake up. It's 7.15, all you sleepyheads. Time to wake up. Ah! <sighs> oh, another night of lost sleep, courtesy of Carl. Yeah, I think, uh, the, yeah, because in the episode, didn't he, like, uh, surprise it with, like, a snake or something, or... Uh, yeah, well, yeah, in this episode, this is called Hello Stranger. This is the episode I was talking about 
just a few minutes ago about how it's just a, a huge fan favorite episode. So in this episode, uh, Lois, uh, that's Carl and Ginger's mom, uh, she drank dehydrated sea snake potion. She, uh, Carl was making a dehydrated uh, a snake, a sea snake, and it was of. Oh, I remember potion. now. Yeah. So he put it in the fridge to, um, you know, basically form in a couple of hours, and she mistaked it for lemonade. She drank it, and then she starts feeling stomach pains. Oh, and yeah. then we go into this scene in which she actually has a dream that the sea snake pops out of her stomach. Yeah, but I but bet then, they... the, uh, then at the end of the episode, it turns out that she doesn't have a sea snake growing. It, it was just basically like the reaction to the um, the the potion just reacted in a stomach uh, stomach pain. That that was pretty much it. Yeah, oh, but, that, but that's not but that's not what makes this this episode so amazing. Like. Uh, the, uh, the thing that makes this episode so amazing is the poem that Ginger reads, uh, which uh, in this episode, she wants to invite her father to a poem reading that she's doing. But her parents are divorced and she hasn't seen her father in years mm -hmm. and she barely knows him. So she decides to invite him. And then that's when the poem reading happens. And um, it's it's so amazing. I'm, yeah. I, I mean, was I'm that ever addressed to Dad? Like, why she, why he didn't, why he's not, why he's been so absent in her life? Um, um, there have been a few times in which she does meet up with her father. Um, but um, yeah, as for why they're divorced, I, I mean, even personally for me, I don't even know. Yeah, I guess because they, they just, you know, they stopped loving each other, and so they decided to. Um, go their separate ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I call except you know, oh yeah, that's like a massive fallout and that. But uh, you know, why would uh, I w it would have been interesting uh, conversation between Ginger and her father to say, say, well, what what was going on between that time? It's like you know, you can't make up the excuses like, well, I took a biplane to save some mountain people and I got kind of got lost for a couple of years. It's like you know, it's uh, you can't make some excuses <laughs> like some people. <laughs> in which they did get together and they started talking with one another. And, um, you know, the father does play a bigger role in season three. So, you know, you can learn a little bit more about him. And his life is pretty sad. Yeah. I thought there might be a reason why. I mean, I thought that, uh, you know, I thought there'd be some kind of difficulty with, with himself, you know, why he can't, you know, attach himself to his daughter. But uh, I, I don't know. Well, actually, it's actually... Um, he, he, he doesn't have a dis, uh, disconnect with his daughter. He actually has a disconnect with his son, Carl. Like, he pretty much just treats him like um, like a complete stranger. It, there's, a, there's the Christmas episode in which he actually, he actually features for the first time. And then uh, Carl sees his dad, and his dad says, Hey, would you like to come in? And then, he's, then Carl says, I'm sorry, I don't get into Carl's... Uh, to cars with a total stranger. Oh wow, that's that. That's a powerful. That's a powerful scene. Yeah, it is very strong. And and then there's also the episode in which um, when Ginger has appendicitis, and um, you know there's the doctor um, that, that you just saw the what the guy with the glasses. He starts becoming a thing, and um, then when the father comes along and he starts visiting her a lot more often. Carl is incredibly upset that his father's coming back into their lives. And he says that the doctor that 
um, is, has been around and saying like, oh, you know, why is, you know, why is my dad taking the credit for being with Ginger and saving her life? It was the doctor who did it. The doctor will always be with us. And, you know, he starts actually having a stronger relationship with the doctor as his own father than his actual father. Oh, wow. And then there's the Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. <laughs> in which, well, I, well, I, I well we're running a bit short of time, I was going to say, Patricia. So I think, uh, shall so we just say, uh, watch. Uh, I know, I know. You're doing I, your I'm series, sorry. we're in between. So, uh, you know, yeah, we're, definitely, we're in between. Yeah, definitely check that out. So well, let's move but on. There, but yeah, I mean, I just find it hilarious that people just see that clip and they don't know what the context is. It's like when they see Azumanga die and they see something completely random. Like yeah. one of the characters is holding a kitchen knife and. Um, she approaches one of the, the teachers while they're sleeping, and it looks like that she's going to kill her, but there's a reason why that's happening. Yeah. Well, but, this clip yeah. was uh, it was uh, it was done by uh, Nick Splat on their, on their channel, and uh, it does, I mean, I guess it does kind of bother me a little bit. Like, some of the, like, more emotional episodes, they seem to want to pick out the wackiest scenes, because they know it's going to get a lot of views if they, if they do it, so, yeah, uh, but they leave out some, like, the emotional the stuff. The emotional scene uh, that I've seen that has, like, a lot of views is when um you know it's the rugrats episode in which you have the mother's day special oh and... yeah well there's no way they could have left out that that was like that was like one of the highest rated episodes wasn't it uh for for, for yes, rugrats it was. yeah everyone wanted to know what happened to chucky's mom and like you know it's uh probably not the answer they wanted but so uh, you know it's at least they got at least they got an answer so. Yeah, I I'm sure that they'll put in more clips of us told by Ginger in the future. Maybe they'll finally put in the Hello Stranger poem or the And She Was Gone. Well, I think poem. they put in the I think they put in like the graduation scene where she let the butterflies go. So yes. uh, they, they put in yes, that but one. That scene, that scene is amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, next uh, video. Uh, this is about the fourth Powerpuff Girl, and uh, this is uh, done by somebody here. What's his name? Valskybum94? Like, you know. I don't know. I, Another I, I've one. I've a lot about that name, but I've never seen any of his work. Well, you're about to. All right. By now, you're probably all familiar with the fourth Powerpuff Girl named Bliss. I was taking a look at the ratings for Power of Four, the Powerpuff Girls movie where Bliss is introduced, and honestly, it was kind of surprising. Before I reveal it, I want you guys to think of a number in millions, like it could be 1 million, 2 million, 3 million. Keep that number in your head and see how close it is to the actual rating. Let's just, uh, well, well, I'll give people context on this. He does not like the power, new Powerpuff Girls, and he was very, he's pretty much venomously opposed to uh, the Power of Four since then so uh I think... i've been hearing a lot of people talking really negatively about the reboot i've never seen it myself i've only seen like the first episode because everybody was talking about it and i saw it and it was like eh, it's not that big of a deal but from what i've been hearing i've been hearing it's been getting a lot worse it's uh, it's like... not good it's like you can definitely tell um that uh, they needed they they needed their regular owners back i think uh, the the people who originally made this show I think uh, they, you can definitely tell they've gone off on their own, tried to do make something of it, and they just totally failed. And they've just uh, basically, they just, it's, uh, it's fallen victim to the modern tropes, I think, uh, mm. the, the problem with the Powerpuff Girls. And I've only seen some clips, and even I don't particularly want to, even after watching the clips, I don't particularly want to watch the whole show. So uh, I think uh, I think some of the people's uh, criticisms of it are pretty founded, to be honest. She's fierce. She's a hero. She's fantastic. Oh. She's family. No powers at the table, please. She's the fourth Powerpuff Girl. And you can only see her in the Powerpuff Girls Power of Four. So the Powerpuff Girls movie Power of Four got 0 0.98 million views. That's not very many people. 
no, that's that's sad because I remember everybody talking about that um, episode and they were making so many um, critiques. And I even saw this one of comparing Bliss to Poochie from The Simpsons. Yep. I'll tell you what, actually. Uh, well, I'll leave I'll leave this for the moment. But, uh, you know, uh, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like 0.98 million ratings is pretty bad, I think, for, you know, a major uh, cartoon network. But, uh, I mean, in regards to... Um, I don't know. It's like because it's like, I have mixed feelings about it because uh, I mean, one, it's uh, we knew that the pop of girls were doing pretty badly to begin with, uh, you know, in in the reboot, and uh, I think uh, in regards to the reboot, I think in that context, I think it is somewhat rather good, given that it was it is pretty much uh, universally disliked at this point. But uh, at the same time, I think if uh, Cartoon Network is going to be wanting to go toe-to-toe with a resurgent Nickelodeon and uh, a pretty much always on top Disney Channel, I think uh, this was not the right direction to go in. in, in you know, it's honesty. kind of funny that you mentioned that because um, if you can imagine like seven years ago, like almost a decade ago, in which everybody was praising Cartoon Network and pretty much everybody was bashing Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. who would have thought that the, to- the, to- the turds would have... Um, um, no, the tides would have turned. There you go. Yeah. Words again. I just don't think it's. It is. I mean, I don't want. Here's the thing. I don't want to see cartoon shows fail. I mean, it's like I don't, no one wants no, to see no, fa- people not. fail. Especially cartoon shows that deserve to be on the air. Like, yeah. I mean, everybody's been talking about how screwed over C.H. Greenblatt was with Harvey Beaks. Mm. You know, I was really, uh, I mean, we had a show here, we had a, uh, a, a television network here called the Children's Channel, TCC, and uh, it was, uh, a lot of people loved it. And uh, they, but just because they made so many wrong decisions about who to promote on that channel, I mean, uh, it ended with, I mean, it started with uh, a, lo- a very strong lineup of cartoon shows. Uh, to begin with, and then it, but it ended with uh, basically Eek the Cat and Felix the Cat as like their main shows, and you knew when that you know Felix. I mean, people didn't really know Felix, you know, from uh, from ages ago, and uh, to have him as one of like your main mascots of your channel is like you know you are in trouble at that point. It's like you know, it's uh, I know Felix is like uni- universally known for like those uh, short black and white films, but you know, it's like if you're using a mascot from like the 1920s or something like that, it's like you know, it's uh, it-, it had problems, and then eventually it died, and it died a pretty uh. painful death, and uh, and you know, th- this is what somewhat. I mean, I don't know. It's like Turner Networks. I don't think it's going to cut off Cartoon Network anytime soon. I think they know it's uh, they're, they're they're it is making them quite a lot of money out of merchandise and things like that, but. Uh, you know, it's a, if if it's, if it keeps going down the road that uh, of like doing stuff like this, that's a problem. And I think I think somewhere in the in that uh, Turner Empire, they're going to look at Cartoon Network and think, well, it's going in this direction and nobody likes it. Why are we still doing this? So uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't know. You, you know, it's it's funny because the Powerpuff Girls did an episode like this almost twenty years ago, where they had a fourth Powerpuff Girl. Her name was Bunny, and it mm. was an amalgamation of, you know, the Powerpuff Girls adding in a lot of things, and then they eventually added Chemical X, and it turned out to be, like, a, um, it wasn't, like, fully um, formed. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a giant Powerpuff Girl who wasn't exactly very bright, and, um, you know, it was she was pretty much being in the way. Like, uh, you know, she was beating up 
the citizens and letting the prisoners go free. But then in the last episode in which the Powerpuff Girls were in trouble, she, you know, she fought them. And then eventually um, the -hmm. reaction with the Chemical X started to, um, you know, started to basically fade away. And then she uh, exploded. Yeah. and then that didn't make she, much sense actually though when that when that happened like you know i don't know maybe maybe it did maybe it didn't but uh, i don't I, I have this kind of logic in my cartoon brain which is like you know if uh, she if, i mean if, if uh, count docula can be resurrected with ketchup it's like you know where uh, surely you can uh, you know artificial sweetener shouldn't have too much problems with chemical x i don't know that's just my cartoon logic and how it works but uh, you know sure, sure. <laughs> whatever uh sure let's look yes people can do this that is not even 1 million people watching this movie. Now, first of all, let me clear something up. The Powerpuff Girls reboot has not been doing well with ratings, and 0.98 million is slightly above average if we're talking about the entire series. As of this video, no episodes in season 2 have gotten more than a million views, and that is pretty bad. But while 0.98 million for this movie is above average for the reboot, it's still extremely low if we're talking about the situation. I want you guys to think back to when we first heard the news for the fourth Powerpuff Girl. So I set out to create the perfect little girl who could fly further and stuff. But I accidentally added an extra ingredient to the concoction, Chemical W. It's like out of a fan fiction, isn't it? Yeah, speaking of fan fiction, I mean, they pretty... I, I remember the news a few months ago about, like, um, there was some rumor that um, a person or one of the artists put in um, himself into the show or something. Mm. I don't know. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, they basically made fun of the reboot as like this giant fan fiction which pretty much has not well it is fan fiction at this point isn't it i mean it's like uh it's uh, it's not done by the original people who created the show yeah okay then uh so cast network own the intellectual property rights but uh i mean it's uh it's not been done by the same authors it's not been done by the same people i mean it, it is sort of kind of like a pseudo fan fiction at this point isn't it like, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it makes me wonder if, uh, and this is the big fear, I think, for a lot of Hey Arnold fans as well. It's like, what if uh, hey, what if Nickelodeon decides to do Hey Arnold without Craig Bartlett? It's like, you know. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm. And, and, you know, I mean, at this point in time, when it comes to, like, the TV movies, I mean, with the exception of maybe the Legends of the Hidden Temple TV movie, in which I don't know if the original creators had anything to do with the movie, but at least they had the courtesy of bringing back uh, Kirk Fogg and Dee Bradley Baker to pr- to play their respected roles again, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it's kind of like the Nicktoons crossover movie that was spread a few years ago, in which Jared Faber, I mean, not Jared Faber. Oh God, no, not Jared Faber. Jared <laughs> Hess. Oh, sorry, uh, I, I said Jared Faber. That's the composer of *I Stole by Ginger*. Sorry, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Jared Hess. Um, you know, for those who don't know who he is, he was the director of *Napoleon Dynamite* and *Nacho Libre*. So. He came up with the idea that he wanted to do a Nicktoons crossover movie. And um, he pitched it to Nickelodeon saying, okay, I have this idea of doing a Nicktoons crossover movie. And they rejected him. Mm. And then Jared Hess uh, was like, screw it. I'm going to announce it anyway. And it got the internet basically you know, going crazy for it. And yeah. apparently there was like little to no information about if the original creators were even going to be back and uh, going back into helping with it. Like none of the creators were called in or mentioned about, Oh, they're going to be in this movie to help with, you know, with the characters and stuff like that. And then eventually Joe Murray, the creator of Rocco's modern life said, yeah, this thing's a fake. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Yep. Thus the perfect little girl was born. 
This was around two weeks ago, and immediately when the news came out, everybody started making videos about it. They made news articles, I saw it was trending on Twitter. It was basically starting to become a widely known fact that there was going to be a fourth Powerpuff Girl. I made videos about that immediately, and I spread the awareness to a bunch of cartoon fans. So what I'm trying to say here is that the Power of Four had major advertising. This was expected to do extremely well with ratings. Like, they could have predicted 2 million viewers, because honestly, adding a fourth Powerpuff Girl is just extremely huge. It's a move that really changes everything. If you're a normal Powerpuff Girl fan, and chances are you'd want to tune in to see what happens. But I argue that uh, if you if you know that the reboot has been not been been pretty much a disaster, why would anyone want to watch this? Because they know it's going to be an absolute cash grab. That's pretty much exactly why. I think the people who did eventually watch this reboot, I mean, besides the kids, because maybe this is their first introduction, but yeah. I think it's content creators online who want to basically thrash all over this movie. It's like, oh, we know it's bad, and we're going to say that it's bad, and we're going to see if it's bad, and if it is bad, then that'll give us a huge, but that's going to give us a huge rating. Yeah, but here's the thing as well. It's like, I mean, in regards to bringing in new people, it's like, uh, for those, if it's... Uh, if there's fans fans out there who are Cartoon Network fans who have never seen the original show and then they say, oh, there's going to be new episodes of this show, it's going to be a bit of a turnoff because it means, oh, I've got to go back and watch all these episodes again to kind of get to the grips of what's going on in this show. And so that turns off a lot of people so that, you know, for a lot of uh, newer uh, Cartoon Network fans, they won't watch because they don't want to catch up on what's going on. So it will be a massive turnoff for them because they just see us uh, catching up on on the show as a massive chore, you know. If they weren't even interested in it in the first place, so that, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a risk you also run as well. So yeah, now with all and the- here's the thing: like adding characters, especially if it's a show that has been established for many years, um, you know, like maybe even decades. Like adding in a new character to bring fresh blood into um a, a franchise that's been going on for a long time. Most of the times, it doesn't work. And it's mm. one of the laziest things that um, companies do so that they can be able to have p- the new generation come by and watch it. There have been a few exceptions, of course. But, you know, I mean, it's basically like Scrappy-Doo or Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch or um, Dill from Rugrats. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, but I, I guess this is like one of those cases in which like, oh, the original fans don't like our show. We're trying to get, cater to the new generation. So let's see if we can add in this new character so that it can be able to revitalize the franchise. We're adding this new thing because it's new. And uh, attention, man. the Power of Four movie was getting before its actual release. You might be wondering why exactly it has less than a million views when it had potential to do so much more. I think the biggest reason here is that most people realize that adding a fourth Powerpuff Girl was just stupid and pointless. Three Powerpuff Girls has always been the usual, and I guess people really didn't want to watch it. Here's, here's what I would have done in regards to this. Would it have been more interesting? If uh, they decided to do the Powerpuff Girls, and then this other Powerpuff Girl turned up, and she ended up being, and Bliss ended up being like a, a Powerpuff Girl, as like from who was like part of another set of Powerpuff Girls in another dimension, and then basically Ooh, says that, w- that would have been great. I yeah, I would have liked that because Dragon Ball Super is doing that same thing in which there's similar characters that come from a different universe. Like, they could have made jokes yeah. related to Rick and Morty. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, it would have been pretty funny. It's like, yeah, oh, do you know there's like this entire, you know, uh, group of Powerpuff, you know, Powerpuff girls out there. It's like, you know, oh, kind of like, you know, uh, the Citadel. It's like, no, 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 nothing like that. It's like, you know, it's just like, uh, they could have like, they could have done like some fun stuff with that as well. It's 
like, you know, uh, they would have said, oh, well, there's this, uh, you know, uh, here's this set of Powerpuff Girls who are like, you know, happen to be, you know, brown. And there's this other set of Powerpuff Girls who happen to be Asian. Here's this other set of Powerpuff Girls who happen to be mutants. Here's this other set of Powerpuff Girls who happen to be, you know, uh, crab people. It's like, you know, it's just like, they could have gone like, they could have done like loads of like, you know, uh, re- jokes and references out of that. But instead they decided to go with this. And I think it's just, and, and it's just, all it's done is really is upset people, rewrite the canon which didn't need to be rewritten. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's just made a lot of people upset. It's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, this, there was another direction you could have gone in, and this was the wrong one. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like maybe there could have been potential for this character if she was implemented better, and maybe it didn't, like, jump the shark for the franchise. So, yeah, I, I mean, this is probably just another failed experiment for the Powerpuff Girls. I mean, who knows? I mean, what's going to be the next thing? Like, how, uh, how, many, how many more experiments can Cartoon Network fail? It's like, you know, they, we've seen lots of failed experiments with uh, with that. I mean, in, even in Adult Swim, we've seen a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of stinkers. It's like, you know, Mr. Pickles apparently was supposed to be the next big thing, and then that, that died a death, you know, uh, and it had to, like, just end up having, like, a small cult following. It's like, you know, their biggest thing right now was Rick and Morty. And uh, yes. maybe if you and even things. and even I've been seeing a lot of people complaining about Rick and Morty. Uh, uh, speaking of which, yesterday, did you see the news about how um, Dan Harmon was, com- you know, was talking to the fans about how they were complaining that uh, the female writers of Rick and Morty were ruining the show? Um, I didn't hear about that. No. Yeah, I, it just came. It, it was just released yesterday. Oh. Actually, I, I did hear about that, and he was telling them, you know, you you can't. I mean, just because you know, a female writer was a part of, you know, a particular episode, and if you didn't like it, then you shouldn't criticize that. That's not fair. That's you know? strange. That's- I've never, I mean, I've, as far as I'm aware, every time Rick and Morty comes on TV, it trends, and every time, uh, you know, I, I've rarely heard any bad criticism of the show. I mean, I'm very yeah, surprised at that. that. For season three of Rick and Morty, from what I understand, and this is somebody who's never seen the show, from what I understand, a lot of people are saying, like, it's been a mixed bag so far. Like, there's oh, really? been a handful of good episodes, and there's been a handful of episodes that are just not as good. Maybe because it, it feels – they've been saying, from what I remember, I think I saw, like, somebody tweeting this information somewhere that they said that, oh, it doesn't feel as fresh compared to seasons one and two. It's, uh, you definitely see the flaws of uh, season three because it's not as um, new compared to like the older seasons, you know. I'm really surprised at that, to be honest. But uh, hey, no, maybe know. you can talk about it for next week's show. Maybe, yeah, sure. I wasn't planning on seeing it myself, but I got really curious, and I decided I might as well watch it and make a review. But for the majority of people, they just looked at the news of the fourth Powerpuff Girl and they said, oh, that's pretty stupid. And then they just ignored it. They didn't watch it when it premiered on TV. If you are not a fan of the Powerpuff Girls reboot like most people, then you're probably happy at this news that Power of Four got less than a million views, which is very low. You know, it's like, he's been, he's been, he's, hasn't he repeated that a number of times in his monologue? So like, you know, it's like, oh, have you seen the, you know, the Powerpuff Girls got less than a million views, which is really low. And also, you know, they got a million views, which is re- less than a million views, which is really low. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, before you start one of these videos, have a, like, a, take, like, a, do a couple of laps around the house and, like, you know, rub one out before you do a video. It's like, you know, mm. it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, he just seems to be kind of, like, repeating kind of the same thing over and over again. So I, I can understand why he's a bit hit and miss. With uh, some of the stuff that he says, but uh, anyway. Uh, uh, again, I don't really know too much about this guy. I think I remember somebody talking about him in one of my live streams, but uh, yeah, I, I've never seen any of his stuff. Well, you have now. 
So uh, let's. Uh, oh, by the way, there is a there there is a joke I want to I want to share with everybody here, and uh, this is uh, I think uh, uh, this is this is what uh, everyone seems to. Uh, uh, good grief! I keep uh, you know when you when you're clicking on buttons and then you end up clicking something else you don't want. Um, okay, so uh, I think this is basically what people are going to hope is going to happen uh, pretty soon in the uh, the next Powerpuff Girls. You're leaving again. Promise me you'll come home soon. I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> I know it. I knew somebody would do this. <laughs> I didn't know she had a home planet. Uh, oh, good grief. Well, I mean, maybe she, maybe they took your idea of, you know, her being from a different universe or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, I knew it. I knew they were going to add the whole poochie thing. A <laughs> little bit of Nick news. Uh, we're going to get Funko Pops. So, uh, Funko Puffs? Funko Pops. Oh, oh fun Funko Pops. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've been seeing a lot of this. I, I'm really excited. Uh, I only have like two Funko Pops and there were uh, two that Kevin gave me. Yeah. And one of them is Ickes from All Real Monsters. So oh, cool. nice to know that I uh, that there's going to be some more release. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to put them because I'm, like, I'm not putting any shelves up yet. So it's like, you can probably tell, like, you know, I've only got this white wall behind me. So uh, I don't really have anything to put uh, up on I, my... I put, them, I put them on my bookshelf. Oh, okay, then. So, uh, well, my bookshelf's full of... Uh... Oh, by the way, it was my birthday uh, last week. So uh, that's, that's what they're full of at the moment, birthday cards. So uh, that's what's on there. But so, hey, you know, it's uh, Arnold and Helga are great. It's like, I'm really surprised they haven't, they're still keeping him in his uh, classic attire and not moving him over to his uh, TJM attire yet. So uh, I still seem to want to keep on with his uh, his uh, shirt and, uh, sorry, his jumper and shirt and trousers look, I guess. And uh, most of the hats on the side, which is some kind of fashion statement. So, uh, and also uh, you got Helga as well. She's in a classic attire. And uh, also you got. Uh, um, all the other ones as well, and uh, even Daggett and Norb are going to get involved in all of this, so it's, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. So Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I see, yeah, there's, uh, oh, there's Rocco and Heifer, there's Rocco with Spunky, there's Arnold. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it looks, oh, there, there's uh, Rocco. Um, he has the stuffy nose, that's from the episode Influenza. <laughs> yeah, and apparently, so, apparently it was enough, good enough an episode to have uh, you know, uh, well, it, the, uh... it does have that, you know, Dr. Bendova joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's a heifer with the jack-o'-lantern paint on his stomach from the Halloween episode. Cool. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, here we go. So, uh, there's those Funko Pops for you, and hope uh, you're going to start buying them up. And, uh, yeah, that's another way you can support Hey Arnold and all the other old shows. And uh, so, let's, uh, let's roll up the next video and uh, keep this going. Here we go. Only play. Oh, this is um, th this. I'm only going to play the first two minutes of it, but this is hilarious. This is a Lord of the Rings DOS game, which Only plays had to go had to go with. And oh, it's, it's uh, actually interesting. It is actually pretty hilarious. With friends. Do we want pictures? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which fr which Pippin do we want to be? Type in Florbo. Type in Mariaduck. <laughs> I don't, I don't know the word Florbo. I want to be Sam. He's say, my favorite. Say hi. Why do you like oh. Sam? Because uh, he's cool. In a comfortable borough with a round window and a green door to the east. <laughs> Is that green? That impersonation's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Frodo. <laughs> That's a pretty good impression. <laughs> oh, Mr. Frodo. You are in a comfortable borough. 
Screw to the wall and notice board. <laughs> Are you going to do the whole thing? No. Like Covering uh, the notice board is a group of photographs. They had those? Do they have photographs in Lord of the Rings? I don't know. That's. Do they have old fashioned photography? I never noticed in the. Oh, I'm lazy and I only ever watched the movies. I never read the books. So uh, I, I can only go on the movies for references at this point. So, uh, yeah. That's fine. I do apologize that I'm not nerdy enough to read the books of Lord of the Rings, but, uh, you know, you've only got so many, so, much, so many hours in the day. So, there we go. Yeah. Pinned over the group of photographs. Yeah, picked boxes. Against one wall is a kitchen dresser. In the kitchen dresser are a drawer and a cupboard. Near the door is a large, heavy wooden chest. Open the chest! You, <laughs> you can see Frodo and Pippin. <laughs> carried by Frodo's small gold ring. Get the ring! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take get ring. Frodo. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no! no. Oh, I can't believe you could do that in the DOS game. This is 1980-something or other, keep this in mind. Wow. You guys really kill people. <laughs> kill your own <laughs> friends. Oh, shit. No. You attack Frodo. You hit Frodo hard on the shoulder. Frodo staggers and almost falls. Frodo attacks you. But the effort is wasted. <laughs> is too strong. I didn't know Sam was so defensive. Was it? Did he have I like? I know, right? Yeah, it's like he—he's got two people attacking him, and he's saying your efforts are wasted. Your defense is too strong. <laughs> <laughs> I must protect Mr. Frodo. <laughs> no, no, he's killing Frodo. <laughs> he's trying I to must kill him. Mr. Frodo by killing him. <laughs> oh my God! You're stronger than all of them. <laughs> kill Frodo! Kill Frodo! Your defense is too strong. You're too strong for them. Strangle Pippin. <laughs> you attack Pippin. You get Pippin a nasty slash in the leg. Oh, this game must be broken or something. Because how how do you slash somebody in the leg by strangling them? <laughs> exactly. That I mean, makes no sense. It's yeah, that's like the equivalent of punching somebody, and it opens up their chest. Oh, good grief. They're just Frodo waiting. Kiss <laughs> <laughs> <What>? Frodo. <laughs> oh, he doesn't know how to kiss. Uh, well, thankfully, he's not going to do uh, that. <laughs> Talk to Frodo. Take the ring. <laughs> Kill Frodo. Kill Frodo. <laughs> With one well-placed Frodo. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> One well placed blow, you cleave his skull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What did he cleave his skull with? I don't know. Oh, did he kill he him? He said that he attacked him, but with what? Yeah, like, oh, it was Jackie Chan involved in training salmon how to karate chop his skull. <laughs> Good great. Yeah, Jackie Chan went over into the Lord of the Rings universe and taught Sam karate so he can kill Frodo. Imagine if this was the rendition, the film edition of Lord of the Rings. It was just about, it was just them playing the script. And so at the beginning of the, of the film, Sam kills Frodo and kills Pippin and takes the ring for himself. It sounds like a crazy... <laughs> it's like one of those, like, what if 
situations, like for a group of people who are playing Dungeons and Dragons. You remember that sketch from like 10 years ago about like the nerds who are playing Dungeons and Dragons? You have this guy in the background who's saying like, you know, where's the Cheetos? Can I have the Mountain Dew? <laughs> I just remember the, uh, I remember the one, uh, you remember the Dexter's Laboratory episode where uh, they're playing like, uh, I can't remember what, the, what their version of the game was called, but it was Dungeons and Dragons and DD takes control as the dungeon master and just makes this stuff up over uh, on top of her head. That yeah, was yeah. That pretty hilarious. <laughs> With the <effort laughs> take the ring. Take the ring. Your defense is too Take the ring. Take the ring. Uh, you take the small gold ring. Wear rings. Wear ring. Wear yeah. ring. <laughs> you put on the small gold ring. Destroy universe. <laughs> Kill Pimpin. 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 <laughs> you know what? That should be. You know what? that should be the name of a comic book character, Skull Cleaver. That'd be Skull Cleaver. Yeah, it's like you know, he, he, like he just go, he goes around fighting crime, and instead of like you know, uh, he just ends up kind of like murdering all his like cr all the criminals by cleaving their skulls. <laughs> yeah, uh, he should be up there with like. Beastmaster for like hardcore names. Yeah, it's just it's like you know, he, go, he goes up to Batman and it's like you know, Batman says, "Oh, you're gonna be serving us with sense and justice." Like, no, I just cleave the skulls. You know, it's like uh, you know, guy robbing an old lady, skull cleaved. It's like you know, kitty stuck in a tree, cleave the skull of the cat and give it back to the owner. <laughs> skull cleaver. You take him to the woods, like um, you take him to one of those like. Um, you know, those school career day uh, class, uh, um, you know, presentations. And then he presents himself as like, I cleave skulls. I'll do a demonstration. I'll cleave skulls. Skull cleaver. <laughs> they're like cheering. He's like, no more homework. <laughs> oh, my God. There is actually another funny bit in this. Uh, let me just uh, try and find where it is. It's uh, it's where basically you, what you can do is uh, here it is. You the writers. Again, the, the writers show. Fucking God, are you fucking serious? Okay, that's the end. This game is not very good, is it? <laughs> Hang on, I got an idea. <laughs> so he wears the ring and then makes him wait. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> if you wear the ring for too long, it kills you. I mean, I can understand because, I mean, you remember in the movie uh, that the ring pretty much, like, you know, consumes you, and that's why they have to de destroy the ring. So I guess if you wear it for too long, um, yeah, I guess that's what happens. So. Mm -hmm. The fact that they they we was wearing the ring for too long and it basically is an automatic lose in the game. Yeah, but that's that's hilarious. Um, I just realized we actually overran our show, and uh, so uh, I'm just wondering about all the other stuff we got lined up. And I mean, do you want to just quickly end with uh, talking about Nintendo? And, yeah, sure. Uh, let's do that. So let's end with that, and uh, maybe some of the other videos we have will probably play on the next show. It's a bit of a shame, really, because there's a video here that we meant to play on the last show, but because of all the technical problems we had, we couldn't play it. So that's now going to get moved over to the next. Well, actually, no, it can't even be moved over to that show because that's the Hey Arnold fan day. So after that, it'll have to be and it can't be moved on to that either. Cause that's the Craig Bartlett interview. So it'll have to be moved over to then. So he's like, oh. I feel sorry and for I that. I can't be helped. I feel sorry for that video. I do apologize for the people of Gross Nebraska, uh, population two. Uh, 
okay, so Nintendo are going to finally make more of these consoles, uh, both NES and SNES. So uh, they're, but you know, because they've been like really reluctant in uh, producing them, and now apparently they are going to be uh, producing more of them. So I guess that's good news. Yeah, absolutely. I've been hearing a lot of uh, discussions lately about how Nintendo started to make a comeback. I think mm. I remember seeing an IGN video about somebody who's saying, welcome back, Nintendo. You know, you've been gone for too long and about how the Nintendo Wii U was a failed experiment and how the Switch is the Wii U fully realized and yeah. you know, they have the NES Classic and the SNES Classic and all the other upcoming games. So, yeah, it's nice to know that they're actually listening to the fans about this is what we want and Nintendo is responding to it. Yeah, it makes you wonder what Sega are thinking because they've been releasing their, like, Genesis uh, stuff, you know, for, uh, you know, for a good couple of years before Nintendo started doing this. Yeah, yeah, that is true. They they had the Sega Genesis Classic, in mm. which they had like 30 of their games already in like a Sega Genesis uh, small console, similar to the NES and the SNES Classic. Yeah, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it, though. Yeah. So, uh, hey, but so that's some good news. And also, I'm, I'm hoping to get one of the hold of these things, because I really want to play Star Fox 2. It's like, you know, I've never, you know, I've always wanted to play Star Fox 2. And uh, I've only ever played it in, like, you know, in ROMs and emulators when it was leaked online. But I've never actually, like, played it pro like a proper release of it. And I really want to play it now. So it's, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. So, uh, yeah. And I guess that's our show. So, uh, Patricia, thank you very much for being on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And all the other stuff that we want, we're going to get into, hopefully I'll move over to the uh, to the show next two weeks. So what's happening in the next two weeks? So we're having the Hey Arnold Fan Day, uh, which is going to be our, a special episode for all you Hey Arnold fans for uh, religiously listening to the show. And uh, so we're having some of you on for that. And then the uh, week after that, in two weeks' time, is the Craig Barlett Hey Arnold Anniversary Show. So that's going to be really exciting. And uh, I've actually been through all the questions, and uh, he has actually got them. So uh, we're going to, once, uh, we've, um, once we get to the show uh he'll start answering your questions and uh we'll see what he has to say so it's uh very very exciting indeed so uh thank you very much for checking out the show uh I do appreciate you all coming on and uh, hopefully i'll see you next week uh, for the hey arnold fan day and then the week after for the uh, hey arnold anniversary special for with craig barlett so take care and bye-bye for now <laughs>